Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome back to the Keith Cheggers podcast. Um, my name is Hannah Norris. I'm your host. I'm an actor and a pregnant woman and I'm here with... Carl Donnelly, <laughs> comedian, father-to-be. Yeah, co-host. <laughs> co-host, father-to-be. Co-host Soon and... Soon-to-be dad. Chef at the moment. Yes. I can't be bothered cooking and I'm getting Carl to do the cooking, but he's making too much food. Criticising my <laughs> um, my portion sizes. But which I've just suddenly realised as well is really good once the baby's here to have more and we don't have to cook loads. So exactly. well done, Carl. And I've said I might even start freezing some from now for those early days. Doing it just right. Um, this is episode 30 of this podcast. Um, I'm currently at week 35 in my pregnancy and I've hit the eight month mark as well. So we're really in the countdown stage. Business end. Yeah. Um, and we have a guest with us today via Zoom. Um, I was... Well, we were supposed to be working with each other, actually, at the Melbourne Comedy Festival this year, which got cancelled. So I had a whole lot of questions and chats planned and things that I was going to find out and didn't get to. Um, but here we are. We've got her with us today. She is a writer and a stand-up comedian and a mother. And her name is Josie Long. Hi, Josie. Hello. Um, it's really nice to be here. And, oh, my God, it's heartbreaking about Melbourne, isn't it? I know. We were over there and it got... Yeah, we, what was it, three days? We yeah. landed three days before it got cancelled. Oh, no. <laughs> That's even worse because it's like you were so close. You yeah. had it in your hand. We were there. So we landed in Melbourne and then we had one day in Melbourne and we drove to... Down the coast. The, we did the Great Ocean Road and then we went to Adelaide, caught the last it's weekend. Like a, a pre-festival little holiday. Yeah. Oh. I, I saw everyone. We, we, we got to Adelaide the day... Uh, that everyone in Adelaide, all the comics got told that their Melbourne runs were cancelled. Oh, God. So that week, that last weekend in Adelaide had this eerie, <laughs> let's all just get shit-faced mm. feel to it. It was really weird. And Adelaide, it was like, it was like Corona didn't exist there yet. It was no. still just, it was the fringe and everyone was out and drunk and partying and massive. Like the Last Supper. Yeah. yeah. That's what it felt like. It, it felt like, yeah, the last days of like, you know, I've seen the what's the Matrix film when they've sort of realised they're going to be attacked by the machines, oh, so they God. just have this big like orgy. <laughs> well, so you've talked about that. That's where you did your last gig. Isn't yeah, my it? last gig was this last last Saturday of the, and it wasn't even like a. It was sort of a slightly not impromptu, but just because I was going to be in town, just mm. messaged the Rhino Rooms, and I just popped it wasn't up. Wasn't even a, a big set. thing. <laughs> no, and I, and also I was a bit. I'd had a few beers, and I, I was just, I was just, just in Adelaide. And I wasn't really taking it that seriously. I was just seeing mates, and like you wasted know, it. Yeah, I totally wasted it. I wasn't. I didn't even do like. I, I was a bit rubbish as well. <laughs> I oh like, no! <laughs> I, my last week was a tour date, um, and I was really looking forward to it because. 
it was a big gig and I had some in places that I hadn't been played. I'd never played before. So I did one in like Burton, no, yeah, Burton on Trent. Mm -hmm. And I was like playing to no one. And the people were like, we don't know you. We don't care. And I was (laughs) like, great. And then the the gig that that was my last gig was in Greenwich and it was really well sold. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be doing this big room. It's going to be sold out. Finally, I'll get to feel like, and basically not only did half the people not turn up due to, Uh... turned up very legitimate safety concerns. Yeah. And um, also I felt bizarre doing it because I was like, as soon as I got on the stage, I was like, oh, yeah, like, this probably isn't right. But the advice has been right. And that was on the 14th anyway. It wasn't even like, yeah. but yeah. it was such a weird ending experience of like, cool. So the last gig was like simultaneously anxiety inducing and unfulfilling. <laughs> yeah. And may well have caused people to become ill without me appreciating that. Great! <laughs> yeah. So it's it's it is really tragic and sad, yeah. and, and that's um so that was your show Tender, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, and that's the one you were supposed to be bringing to Melbourne, which mm. I didn't see because I was like, oh cool, I can see it in Melbourne. I remember Rebecca Austin a couple of times was like, I'm going to at Soho. Did you want to come? I'm like, it's fine. I'm going to see it in Melbourne, <laughs> and so I didn't get to see it. It's relevant to interest because it's about um, pregnancy and birth and early maternity. Yeah. And but basically, I like it because it's about talking about a birth experience that isn't bad. Yeah. So I, I sort of really was enjoying getting to do that on stage because I felt like that was quite a nice, calming thing to do for people to yeah, be like. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't What's... have to be the nightmare scenario you get sold. Like, not to say yeah. it's hard, not to say anything to like make it too surfacey or shallow, but like just to be out and be like, it doesn't have to be a nightmare. You can yeah. do it. Well, we had Viv Groskop on last week, oh, and yeah. um, and so because obviously we've talked to a lot of people, and some people have had quite tricky birth stories. Yeah, some I'm, I'm quite had, into birth stories, yeah, so I've been listening to a lot. Loves them, <laughs> but um, so a lot of people have talked to us through their, you know, relatively tricky birth. Some people have had quite traumatic ones. Some people have had yeah. relatively straightforward. Viv had; she's up three children. Uh, the longest birth she had was four hours. Whoa! Shortest. <laughs> 40 minutes <laughs> so it was, it was so nice so like, I think it's good timing that as we get towards the actual due date the people we're talking to seem to have slightly nicer she's walking along and they're like Bam! <laughs> fuck yeah but I think because I because I am definitely looking I'm looking forward to birth and I've felt positive about it the whole way through and there's part of me that goes are you are you, are you kidding yourself Hannah like um, I guess I am prepared for what might be and kind of changing plans or options and things like that. But do you want to just tell me a little bit about how it was for you? Well, yeah, but what I would say is I think it's a really good mindset to approach it not with fear. Yeah. And I think it's really good. Like, basically, I I did hypnobirthing courses and I talk about it in my show and I did really love it. And I am aware that there's like, two types of reactions to hypnobirthing and one of them is like me being like it changed my life and the other one is people being like they lied lied." Um, but I think like the thing that it really hit home with for me was like you're giving birth to your baby yeah and it's like such a big experience but it's yours yeah so you kind of do know how to do it yeah because like, as I remember when I was giving birth, just thinking about other things that I'd done that were difficult, 
Mm. and thinking like oh I did that I can do this or like oh this reminds me of this I can do this and stuff like that and so my experience was basically I it was very wasn't it was quite it was long it was like 50 hours Mm. but it was very chilled out and it came appropriately yeah it came too fast for me to cope with it yeah and I was basically at home for like 36 hours of it and then we made this mistake of trying to roast a chicken which like (laughs) ruin the whole fucking flat and also neither of us wanted to eat it but we were like oh the chicken will go off it's like it was like this really beautiful chicken that costs like fucking 20 quid and we're like i'm not gonna waste it like beautiful happy chicken i don't want to like waste such a valuable life so like once we put it in the oven we lived in this tiny tiny little basically two rooms was the whole flat yeah um so, and it was the hottest day of the year at that point. And so I like, put the oven on and instantly it was just like <laughs> so fucking unbearable that I was just like vomiting all over the flat and just like, oh. And then it just, that like tipped me over the edge. So I'd been really like, because I talk about this in my show, but I basically was yeah. like desperate not to go to hospital too soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I mean, I'm the same. I just felt like that was like my biggest fear of, was like getting all the way there and then having them judge me and be yeah. like, <laughs> This is all you can take. You're pathetic. I've been just just that yesterday. I've started thinking because I'm kind of on that trip of I'm gonna ride it out for as long as I can at home, which is yeah. like often what I do with illnesses or things like you know yeah. I wait. I don't go and try and get treatment and medicalized straight away. And then I've just been having um, visions of like you having to set up the room really fast, put up fairy lights, yep. and like me, <laughs> me, trying, <laughs> me trying to order you around. What's mad is that, like, I think I was really frightened of it being medicalised and I was very, very, very lucky insofar as it wasn't. And we basically mm-hmm. got to go to the birthing pool and it was very calm and quiet. And it was only the next day, the afternoon after we'd had her that morning, that we got moved onto the ward. And that was my only experience of it sort of not yeah. quite being as I'd liked. And, and I think if you don't like hospital environments and then you're forced into one, that's like an extra challenge. Force mm. is the wrong word. Then it happens that you have to go into one. Yeah. My sister but, had that and she basically took the mattress off the bed they put her on, put it on the floor, yeah. turned all the lights off and was like, no, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. That's, so I mean, that's good though. That's, I mean, that's what I think, as we've learned, more people need to be aware they can take more control of it than yeah. they probably realise. Yeah, that you can keep adapting it so that it does suit you. Like, I, I remember the, the part of the birth that I found really difficult was the last part, mm-hmm. um, like with the pushing and stuff. Yeah. It didn't feel intuitive at all to me and it didn't feel natural. It felt really, like, difficult. And they kind of did, like, coach me a bit and hurry me. And at the time I was like, oh, God, they know what they're talking about. I don't know. Uh, yeah. sort of rush it a bit. It, it was all fine and, like, there's no criticism to them because they were, like, getting the job done and it'd been long enough and all that but in retrospect I think were it to be my second baby I probably would have said no just I know the baby's fine the heartbeat's always been fine just let me take an extra 10 minutes on this you know yeah and I I got a thing where um so last week I had a blood test so we've been talking about home birth quite a bit as an option but then it was they've stopped doing them because of oh god the yeah. virus god can i just say how like <laughs> it must be so odd being pregnant at this time and well done for like getting through the last few months which must have been so all over the shop and mad it's really like i don't think we've been too i haven't been too stressed it's been quite relaxing and calming although 
the past couple of days, I've just had this thing about not having been able to share it with anyone. Yeah. Like that feeling of just going, oh, my friend's haven't touched my belly, I haven't kind of hung out with people, like which which I'm sure they're they're fine about and I'm I'm fine about as well. But it's just one of those little experiences yeah, that would be yeah. part of it that's like, oh that's that hasn't been part of this. So weird and unusual. Oh but that's yeah. I, I suppose you've been nesting and like yeah. so it's I've, it's super nesting. So yeah. much lying down and reading and Yay. you know, like re- like really relaxed which is and, nice and sorting like sorting the house out at, at a pace that we didn't have the option of like we were meant to be coming back from australia what two weeks ago mm. and then we would have been like right six weeks to get the house sorted till yeah, due yeah. date but in turn we actually had what three months or whatever mm. so we've been just really gently just getting things done yeah. and now we're sort of there aren't we we've basically yeah. got the house ready a oh my god you're ahead of the game yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's, it's that, that thing never of, happens in life well, yeah, but that's, that's trying to find, I suppose, a, a, a positive to lockdown yeah. in terms of the baby. and Yeah, yeah. so with the home birth thing, it's um, it was off the table and then I had a midwife appointment last week, I think, and, she, and I just kind of went, oh, so I guess that's still happening. And she said, no, we've started them again last <gasps> week. So that was like, okay, it's back on the table. But then my blood test showed that my platelets are low. And they've gone down again, which is apparently something that's quite common in the third trimester. But it means that you're more likely to bleed after birth, oh, yeah. which means that it's probably, you know, if they, if they don't go up, that I'll have to, I'll probably have to be in the labour ward for safety's sake, yeah. which I've got an appointment tomorrow with the haematologist or something just to look into that. Um, but that, you know, there's there's so many shifts along the way of going, oh, maybe this is what it's going to be like. Oh, no, but this is what it's going to be like. Oh, no, this is what it's going to be like. So kind of adapting to that idea of going, okay, it's going to be in the hospital bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, having that, like, mindset that you can just go, okay, there are things I can't control, but I can adapt to how I experience them. I think that's amazing. And I'm not sure whether it's something that I, I think I was just very lucky and was like, this is a great experience. <laughs> yeah. How I want. <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's true. But I also think it's such a rare and intense experience. Like I say on stage that at one point it felt like a cross between MDMA and death. Right. Mm-hmm because of the sheer level of intensity of it. Yeah. And I actually think no matter how it goes, just how rare and important and big it is and the fact that you fucking do it. Yeah. Wonderful and like yeah, yeah, yeah. cherish it forever in a weird way. Like just because you know you did this. Yeah. I think that's that shit. Yeah. That's the thing that I'm really, that's what I'm excited about. I just, I'm like, I just want to, I just want to have a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to I see what it's all about. I want to get in there and, go through this this yeah. rite of passage right like this passage. thing that my exactly. that my body and my yeah myself can that's do that's been really interesting like hannah's been like that from day one as well it's not been like something that along the way has come up come no. along as a thought like compared to some people like we've met who to them the birth was a means to an end almost like it was that thing of but they, they they sort of i think often as well it's sort of them people i and this is totally i'm saying this as an observer but um aren't that um enamored with pregnancy and so you know i think for them it is like they want right the baby is the main thing 
yeah. and actually that everything else is sort of just a bit of an annoying process in the way so they just want let's get it out as quick as possible in a hospital whatever most pain free but I think then there's the other type of person I'd say is that person who sees it as like how this is going to be incredible like it doesn't it, it'd be tough experience. but yeah. it's incredible in the sense of you're going to go through something that is you know the most extreme thing your body can probably genetically and like you know um do evolutionary do but also i think as well like uh, the thing that i would say which i'm quite evangelical about especially mm. with hypnobirthing is like the actual experience so when we got to hospital we did have to wait a little bit um, which was sort of more of a challenge. But again, I talk about it on stage and I do worry that like reality has been kind of consumed. <laughs> yeah, by yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. did that happen or did I exaggerate that? But basically I remember that when we got to the hospital, they were like, if you want to go in the birthing suite, you can have to wait in reception for a couple of hours. And I was like, don't worry, it's fine. Like I'm, I'm trying to chill out, don't worry. But in the, res- <laughs> in the reception, they were playing a fucking documentary about the queen trying on all of her crowns wow and it was so much footage of her laughing in this like <laughs> cackly fucking way and honestly it just like I couldn't relax I couldn't yeah. get into my hypnobirthing space because I was like that fucking woman with her stolen jewels laughing at me and I just, it just got me. And so then I genuinely shouted out in the reception, those are stolen jewels. She stole those jewels. <laughs> and then I felt really angry because no one else in the reception kind of agreed with me. Like yeah. it wasn't like a gig. At a gig, people would have laughed. Yeah. But everyone was just kind of busy giving birth or whatever. And so I really remember that. Um, but then when we did get in the room, we what I really feel hypnobirthing gave me that I feel would give to everyone is in between the contractions, just things like they say you've got to be very gentle in how you touch the person who's giving birth and very like tactile, but it's about affection and gentleness and like getting you into a certain loving space. And honestly, like that's one of the reasons why I think it was so positive is because it felt really loving and affectionate mm. and one we felt really loved up and also gas and air is fucking incredible <laughs> it doesn't count you still can say you had a natural childbirth but you can be high off your fucking mind yeah. the whole night like gas and air is great you you sort of know the pain's going on but you're also just like hey. <laughs> did you did you get straight on that once you got in there well so when I got in they did the triage with me and they offered it to me. And I mm. said, like, um, to Johnny, and I said, sorry, everything is stuff I say in my show, so again, it feels really fraudulent. But I did say to him, like, Johnny, I really want a natural childbirth. I don't want to detach myself from the experience. I don't want to be, um, I don't want to be too high. And then I did have, like, one go and I was like, yeah! <laughs> 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 oh, hang on. Sorry, the light goes off in my office if nobody okay. Um Yeah, basically it was good and it was all I needed really. Because I, I, I just learned this week, I was looking at a link that we'd been sent for different childbirth things and I just saw on the pain relief options that it had paracetamol listed. <laughs> now, for me, I don't like, I don't go to drugs as a, as a, first step usually and I, I that hadn't crossed my mind at, at all that taking a paracetamol at some point might be something that I'll do 
Can I, I could just, just say, it does fuck all. Fuck that. <laughs> 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 oh, paracetamol, great. Thanks, mate. No, I'm going to try it. That's my yeah. that's my first stage. If you never do it, you might be like, exactly. oh, my God. Because <laughs> that's what is so powerful. Because sometimes if I have period pain, I'll wait for ages mm. and usually write it out. And then if I take a paracetamol, I'm like... That's amazing. Everything's everything's gone, and it's amazing. Your life has prepared you for this moment. <laughs> you can do that gift. Okay, this is my other silly tip, which is: Have yeah. you got a tens machine? No, I haven't. I'd get a tens machine. Okay. But here's the thing: you can buy one for thirteen pound ninety nine from a chemist, or you can buy one for fifty pounds that is pink that says like "Mama" on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same fucking thing. Yeah. Get a normal one. That's what. Yeah. That's the tip they don't want you to know yeah, yeah. they want you to pay the 40 credits um, and basically like the way mine went through was to begin with it was just like trying to forget about it relaxing and then it I graduated onto the TENS machine and then it was like I t- I did take some paracetamol actually um, and then then it got to about 36 hours and then we did the ill-advised making the entire house unbearably hot flat unbearably hot <laughs> and then I threw up and then it was like this switch had just got, I was like, Johnny, we've got to go. And then we yeah. went for it. Um, but I think if you can, they say you should like watch comedy when it first happens. Yeah. You're in like a little happy, giggly place. Yeah. And I think like staying in bed is really good. But I think the TENS machine is good because like you can basically, when the contraction comes, just be like, turn it on. And then it goes, and then you can be like, okay. Yeah. But then I remember a point during labour where the TENS just stopped working and I was like, you've betrayed me, TENS. And that's just because it got too intense. Yeah, it was yeah. just too big. But it, yeah. it's weird to talk about it because then I think, am I part of like a recruitment cult? Because I know it did hurt and I know it was really intense, but I'm like, it was great. But yeah. It's sort of, it's just a thing you're getting from Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, with the hypnobirthing, like we've both read a book about it. Yeah. But I, we haven't really done, we haven't done a course. We haven't done the, the biz, we haven't, done any exercises now i know that 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 could be a mistake like there's this sense of going oh i think we kind of get it yeah i think it's good to practice breathing exercises and you're nowhere near too late i think Mm. i didn't bother doing any breathing exercises till i was about 35 36 weeks and i went into labor at 39 weeks like there was a really good headspace uh app one Mm. that guy andy yeah uh, who, who i like can't bear to google because if it turns out he's like a tory party donor it's gonna <laughs> yeah, be yeah, yeah. and he blatantly is like everyone like that i is. think he oh yeah I, I listened to an interview of him and he was talking about how he went off and lived in a buddhist monastery for a bit and i sort of got i think he's all right okay. even though the company's now worth like 10 gazillion pounds so this is my problem is if something gets too big it just ruins it for me. Yeah. And he's like, even with the yoga with Adrian, who I love, I'm like, yeah. I just have to pretend she's not a millionaire. Because yeah. otherwise yeah. it's like, not right. But I mean, it depends. We, yeah, we've, I reckon we got in before she was a millionaire watching her videos. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I've known her since. Yeah, she's still, she's still my friend. Like, she, she I still a, say I love you yeah. at the end of this. Oh, hello, my beautiful friend. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good to see you today. It's been ages. Um, I, I, but I would recommend this, the Headspace one. It's about visualizing your stomach getting really light and I think what did really help me was just like lots and lots of focused breathing like taking Mm -hmm. lots of deep breaths and there's excuse me oh so my hypnobirthing teacher Kat Berry Berry and Bloom hypnobirthing 
She's mm-hmm. a legend. I talk about her in my show, which is a very tricky balance because you're sort of making a joke, but you don't want to make a joke about yeah, her. But yeah, I mean, yeah. um, she's incredible. And she taught us a thing that I think is quite a standard hypnobirthing thing, which is mm-hmm. as the contraction, because the tra- contraction kind of builds up and then goes down again. Mm-hmm. And as you're going up to the peak of it, I just focused on relax your jaw, relax your neck, relax your hands, relax your... Fuck, I can't remember it. <laughs> Shit. And it's relax your jaw, relax your neck, relax your hands, relax your back, relax your feet. It's something like that. And you basically yeah, yeah. go down work through yeah. and just focus on relaxing, relaxing your jaw, relaxing your hands. And I think a lot of the process of it is just trying to stay as relaxed as possible and let these things just pass through you and pass through yeah. you. So like practicing doing the... Five, four, three, two, one, relaxing, but I can't remember what four is, but you know. Yeah. It's gonna be something on the body, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head, shoulders, one knees, and toes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Fucking knees. But I think giving yourself these little things, so like but then again, here's another thing. You'll find what works for you in doing it. Yeah. So beforehand I visualized like a little place I could go that was very nice. But during it, I imagined I was like stood in the sea. And mm-hmm. that just came to me and I was like, yeah. And like I had mantras, but like genuinely during it, one of my mantras that just came to me was like, I'm the baddest fucking bitch alive. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think it helps to try and, oh, this is another thing. Sorry if I'm just going on. No, 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 do it. Uh, it did help me when I was having contractions to think loving thoughts and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like it did make the pain less. Yeah, so yeah. if I was able to smile and be like, I'm bringing my baby into the world and I love her already. The yeah. contraction would be easier. But sometimes yes. the contractions hit you by surprise. And so your reaction is like, fuck you, fuck everything. <laughs> yeah. And all of it happens. And however you get through it, you still get through it. It's fine. But yeah. like, I genuinely do know that when I was like, I love my baby already, it was easier. Yeah. But yeah. what human among us can't, can give birth without saying cunt? Yeah, yeah. An angel. <laughs> yeah. We well, have yeah, personal challenge. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the other thing. Sorry, I'm trying to remember like little things that are useful. We listen to loads of music. It, darkness helps. I kept thinking about how cats go into the airing cupboard. Yeah, yeah. And about yeah. how you need to create your own airing. Airing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it needs to feel safe and private and dark. Yeah. <laughs> and you can do it. Um, yeah. Sorry, I did have other things that I was like, I must tell you this. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think it's, oh, so again, another thing that came to me when I was giving birth was I just kept imagining I was in a lift going down and then uh-huh. going down into it, getting more intense and up again. And again, like your brain will just go, try doing this. Yeah. If you can get into a space that's like relaxed enough. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's no, you but... doing it, basically. So your repertoire of all of your stuff will get you through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, um, we've, been, we've been doing this meditation thing this week. There's a um, the London Buddhist Centre have been doing. Oh, a week, they're a week amazing! Long, they're amazing. Yeah, so they're doing a week long online meditation retreat this oh, week. I'm going to look it up. I didn't know. There's, yeah, they've been so loads of it's now on YouTube on their YouTube channel. But they've been doing. You can. I've, I've been doing it via Zoom since Monday morning. Wow. I, I checked in on Sunday night, but Monday morning, and Hannah has joined me for the meditations the last two mornings. Yeah. And today, I thought there was a good bit. Um, with a guy called Matra Bandu. Oh, <laughs> he, I, I've been to 
one of his ones. He's, he's really good. He's funny. But he, a good thing he said today that really stuck with me was about when you're doing breathing meditation. Yeah. Is often you what happens is you you'll find a part of your body that feels uncomfortable, and that's what you'll focus on. He said, find a part of your body that feels really pleasant at that point. Like your feet might be touching the floor or your hands just might be very comfortable and put all your attention into a nice part of your body that feels good. Yeah. And I actually weirdly noted that for mm. hypnobirthing. I think that's, yeah, that's amazing. Because as well, then you get to give each other a little kiss and a cuddle and feel like you're building that bit up. But also it's just good for life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah focuses, that's where yeah, you're yeah, yeah. living. Yeah, like, yeah. We could do that all the fucking time and not yeah. just be like, I hate where I pipe my bike. <laughs> it's not convenient for me. My mate bought a toaster. We go through celebrities' Amazon purchase histories so you don't have to keep calm and love Dom Jolly novelty keyring yeah, and fridge that. magnets. Yeah, I love that. The G Spot. <laughs> The good vibrations, guys. Green dot laser sight rifle gun scope. I bought that quite a lot of times. I think. Right, okay. The sex doctor's guide to keeping it hot. Ah, oh, interesting. Did another child come along nine months later? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of great apps up now, and new ones dropping every Monday. That's My Mate Bought a Toaster from Great Big Al. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, now when uh, when we started doing this podcast, which was at week six of the pregnancy, because we did IVF and oh, did you? Yeah, and it worked the first time. We just lucky and did it for free on the NHS and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. I'm happy for you. Yeah, so that was that was really cool, and we were at a you know we were in, we were interested in having a baby, well, yeah. <laughs> but we were like, if it doesn't happen, like we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'd sort of made peace either way. We're like, if it works, amazing. If it doesn't, then we will be fine because we, we we have a good enough relationship that we won't sort of yeah. resent our life without a child. Yeah. So I think we were going into it in a very good yeah. way, and then it just worked. And we yeah. were like, oh, right now we actually have got to prepare for. <laughs> yeah, but now it's happening. And um, I was talking to Rebecca Austin and about doing the podcast and she was like oh you know that Josie Long's done a po- podcast about pregnancy and I was like no and I was like oh, she's she's done it we can't do it and I went and looked and I so it's called Josie and Johnny are having a baby with you and I went and looked at that straight away and I was like oh no this is different this is the end like and I'm not going to listen to it yet because I'm not ready to know the things and think about the things that they're looking for yet yeah. um because for us definitely the whole point of doing this was going 
I don't know what's gonna I don't know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I've never really paid proper yeah. attention to people who are pregnant. Well, don't know what happens. You're in, in your, your body. little bubble wherever you are. And I think it's it's sort of a failing of society now that everyone is kind of in their little place and we're not all together enough yet. But yeah. I had the same thing where I was like, Oh my god, like I hadn't I've had friends, close friends who've yeah. done it and I've been like, oh, I know everything and then you're like yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know what's gonna come. And so it was pr- maybe like Two weeks ago, probably. I've been going for walks in the morning and I started listening to your podcast. And so I listened to it the whole way through. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. And um, there, but there's little things in it as well that obviously I was thinking about. One of them was progesterone, right? I've been on progesterone for ages because I had my, my cervix was potentially shortening. So they wanted to make sure that it didn't shorten and then you give birth prematurely. So I've been on progesterone for like four months, yeah. I think. Wow. Like little bullets that you put How in your vagina. How are you so happy and nice? What are well, you this, doing? I think it's it's my leveler, right? Yeah, yeah, I love. Yeah. I I stopped taking it for a week because I thought I could stop taking it now. <laughs> and, and, then I, you, and then you cried. And then, I, <laughs> and then, so then I went back on it because the midwife said, "Oh no, don't stop taking it. You can take it up to." Still for longer than that. And when I was listening to you, and you were like, "That's that was the worst." But this just shows how interesting it is, yeah. how different we all are. Like, I think about it with the pill. If The two times in my life I've been on the pill have been ruinous for me. And I have friends who've taken the pill and have been like, it's great. It doesn't even affect me. And it blows my mind. Yeah, progesterone, my sworn enemy. Like, in lockdown, I can pinpoint the days that I have progesterone spikes in my cycle because I wake up and I'm like, well, I'm a failure and everything's ruined. <laughs> This is all gone. Everything, everything went twenty years ago. Goodbye. You know, like it's just so deep. Yeah. And so, with with pregnancy, how long? I mean, how how long was that for you, and how much was that impact? Is it is it an early thing, or is it? It, it was mainly early for me, and it was very bad. Like I look back and I think, gosh, I was very, I was not very generous with Johnny, but it was because I felt like. I was boiling the whole time. I felt like my blood was boiling. And I just did, I knew I was behaving badly, mm-hmm. but I didn't have it in me to change. I was yeah. like, and also no one could say that to me because it was like, how fucking dare you? <laughs> but I knew it. I knew it wasn't rational behavior, but I also was like, I have to, this is how I have to be. Yeah. Um, so it was a really hard time. And it was weird too, because... I'm not really a depressed person. I'm not somebody who suffers from depression that much. I do suffer from anxiety, but like not really, uh, you yeah. know, the, basically two days a month I suffer from depression, which is the way <laughs> just it. But like, it was very bleak. And there were times when I was like, you know, like having suicidal ideation and shit like that. Yeah. And I went to the midwife and said, and they were like, but it was weird because it then meant that I got extra maternal care after I'd had the baby which was so like how lucky we are that we can have a system that does that but also I didn't want to tell them at the time that it wasn't really necessary because once (laughs) I've had the baby I felt really normal again because it was just so nice to have the company (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) because it's so like you know you're so lucky so and also probably it was useful to keep that check up on me anyway so I'm not gonna I wasn't just deliberately like using resources and stuff but like yeah it was a really funny thing and it and it did go but it took possibly like 17 weeks of pregnancy yeah. before it 
cleared up. And so I talk about it on stage where I'm like, I hated being pregnant apart from one week in the middle. And even in that yeah. week in the middle, I was like, I guess it's fine. <laughs> I yeah. wasn't even into it. Yeah, but I, yeah. I was very stupid when I was pregnant. Like I did about three tours and I should have yeah. done that. I was over it and tired. It's just such a funny thing because there's that push between wanting to see what you can do and also not wanting to feel as if you're succumbing too much to something that you can't control or something. Yeah. I think and it's quite... Doing best for you. Yeah, because early on, um, particularly like doing the IVF was after Edinburgh last year and it was kind of a time that my diary was just clear and I was like, right, huh. this is what this is what we're going to do and I'm just going to... If, if a baby is going to come into our lives so there needs to be space for a baby and just having that kind of idea of having time and space and yeah. to to do that I love your mindset and your attitude is amazing (laughs) I love it I'm like yes I want to be like that yeah that was good and then then with the podcast early on we talked to Felicity Ward and we talked to Wendy Wason and they both said like because I was talking about maybe doing roadshow after comedy festival which is going to take me and and they were both like don't fucking do it just take the time off like later on just relax and so talking to people about that those stages of the pregnancy and them going yeah kind of influenced some of my decisions I think it's wise and I so with that podcast I loved getting to make it don't get me wrong but it was hilarious because we pitched it when I was about six months pregnant yeah and when we pitched it we said to them so I'm not going to be working till past the end of April and I'm taking the last month off so if you want to make this you need to give us a decision very quickly and we need to make it in April and then obviously what happened was they said, didn't get back to us till the end of April. And they said, we can make it in May. So I did enjoy making it. It was a privilege to make it, but yeah. I was so fucking grumpy the whole fucking time. <laughs> they were making me go to the fucking studio that had no air conditioning when I was like 37 weeks pregnant. 38 yeah. weeks pregnant. And like I was sat there. And so we had to try and ask people questions. And I felt like the word is bovine. I felt really like, why do I have to do this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like trying to concentrate. And basically, so it's really funny that we did this podcast that the ideas of which and like the thought behind it, we were so enthusiastic about. But then when we actually came to recording it, I was so grumpy and the producers <laughs> yeah. were so sweet. And I basically was like looking at the producers like, yeah, you made me be. And you're doing this to me. <laughs> yeah. And then by the time we finished, I literally... I think I finished work and then went into labour. It was like I had no yeah. time when I wasn't working because I just assumed that I was like, first babies are late. We've got a week till the due date. I've got three weeks, mate, at fucking least. My worries are whether or not they induce me, which I don't want. Yeah. And I literally went to bed and the next morning it was like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. That's, yeah, she was like, okay, we're done now, ready. Yeah. It's yeah. like she knew I'd chilled out. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think you're wise. I wish that I'd been more um, assertive at the time because I missed out on a bit of chilled out time because that thing of I remember yeah putting on the first episode and realizing you were eight and a bit months pregnant I was like oh my god they recorded like right yeah, there further yeah, along yeah. than Bastards. than we are and they're, they're Bastards. don't be freelance and if you are freelance join yeah. a union and <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that was one of the things as well that was I found really interesting was the American people that you spoke to and just the differences over there and like um one of them as well, like night nurses and all that kind of stuff, which obviously quite a few of them were really like, 
this is what you do. You get a night where someone comes in. Did you did you take any of that on board or was that just like that's American thing? Well, we did have somebody mm-hmm. come and watch our baby in the first, after she, when she was like three weeks old, about once a week for about six weeks. Mm-hmm. Once a week somebody came and I expressed milk and they would give her milk. And like, firstly, the reason we were able to do that was because a relative of Johnny's gave him a small amount of money and we were like, this is what we're going to fucking do with this mm-hmm. money. Um, and it's a very privileged, very like lucky position to have been in. And it's a weird thing to say because it sounds really like, how could anyone do it? It saved my life. Like I, um, yeah, it, it just meant that we got a little bit of sleep at some point and I don't feel bad about it at all because I breastfed my daughter. And I, yeah. so what I started doing is when the baby was about two weeks old, I started expressing milk and Johnny would do a, one feed for her Yeah. Uh, during the mornings. And then I started saving it up and then one night. But we only did it for a few weeks just to get us through the first bit. Yeah. And then, and then she was sleeping all right. So we were like, <laughs> we're fine. Yeah, and yeah, basically... Yeah. Two or three weeks later, she was like, "Surprise! I wake up every forty-five minutes now. Surprise!" Yeah. yeah. And then uh, months of difficulty began. But um, yeah, we did do that <laughs> in the end. And it's an interesting thing because yeah, you yeah, I feel weird saying it because it seems like a, like a wrong thing, but it just wasn't. It was great. Somebody. Well, that's that. Thing. Yeah, that, that's that thing because it's you know we've we've spoken mainly to. Well, we've spoken to people who live here and who live in Australia and we have spoken to some Americans, but no one no one had talked about that. And I just it seemed that quite a few of the people you spoke to were like, This is yeah. something we do over here. Well also we, we didn't nightmares. even know it was a thing that existed. Yeah. And and I it was interesting meeting the lady that did it for us and her talking about the fact that like she works for people who are like big city bankers. Yeah. And they literally will be like come four nights a week from the get go. And you're like, What? You can't do that. Yeah. Cheating. Yeah. And so it was a really yeah. Interesting little thing, but I think I would do it again if, if I had another baby. It was like six nights, and it got us through our life. And yeah. Yeah, 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 like the baby didn't mind or notice, and it was great. And yeah. I think as well, there's a sort of feeling, there's guilt all around. People want to guilt you for whatever you do. Yeah. And there was a time, gosh. About six months ago, me and Johnny were both ill. Yeah. And somebody came, we did the same thing again, contacted the same people. Somebody came for like two nights in a row because yeah. there was literally no one else who could do the nights. And my daughter, my daughter started sleeping through two weeks ago and it's the greatest thing. <laughs> what's her time? What's her, does she have a normal bedtime and normal wake up time or what is it? So she's, she started being harder to put to bed since she started sleeping better. This morning, she woke us up at half past eight in the morning. Oh, I was that's... fucking eight. I was fucking eight. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good time. Knowledge, it was two years of torture. So yeah. it's fine. Half <laughs> past fucking eight. I mean, it's not forever. Most of the time it's near a six. But we were, yeah. Johnny went to the loo at half eight this morning, presumably because his body was like, what the fuck's happening? Yeah. And then he went into her room and she was just lying there reading herself a little book. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And then when he went in the door, she went, once upon a time, daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But basically, um, yeah, for a couple of nights, somebody came in. And I think it's such like, it's such a luxury problem because 
it does mean you have to have a certain level of disposable income or family helping you out or anything. But like, if you have a family member who offers to do a night or two or three or 10 when the baby's yeah. really young, they can literally take the baby and bring them in so you can feed them and then come back out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take them up on it because it's not cheating. Nothing <laughs> yeah. Cheating. Yeah, loving yeah, yeah. and considerate. And it'll get you through something that's a big shock to the system. Like the problem me and Johnny had is we're both comedians. So we're used to being really, really sleepy. I sleep all the fucking time. And so it was a big adjustment to make. And yeah, I think it's good to remember that those like family are there and they, like my sister came and did one night when she was really little and simply she just brought her in and then went out again yeah, and, just, yeah. and then I could have a bit of a calm time. If anyone offers to do that sort of thing, I say take them up on it. Yeah. Yeah. Never forget that like in the absence, sadly, of people who can't do it for you because you have a loving relationship with them, it's not even sadly, in the absence of that, there are people that you can pay to do it and you can have a lovely, friendly time with them and it's all right. You can do yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Like, I think people sort of forget that they don't have to take the hard road. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then also, like, you know, like I say, it's a privileged position to have any money. Um, just before we hit record, I was saying about how I spoke to comedian Dan Nightingale. I thought for a second you were going to say, just before we hit record, <laughs> I was like, oh, oh no, shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we'll just hit record, oh, guys. That was great. And so, yeah, we're going to hit record and start the <laughs> podcast. No, that, uh, but um, I was saying about how I spoke to comedian Dan Nightingale. Um, didn't you do Edinburgh with Dan Nightingale? Yeah, we, so we're did friends. Did you do your debut like yeah, your we first did half year and half. Half and we, half, yeah. we used to be really really super best friends and then we sort of lived in different cities and yeah. didn't really see each other but like I still with nothing happened between us no 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 it's the same yeah we me and him were really tight tight for years and like and then but you know he's now he's moved and he's got family and like he's so, you know, he's, and he's you know but he's lovely Dan. Oh, and, um, so we, we did a podcast together on zoom the other day and talking about you know only a month till Hannah's due and uh and then because we, we, because it was a four person podcast, it was no real time to actually have a serious, genuine chat. But then I, I got a long voice memo from him this morning, and he said, "Mate, I've just been thinking. I, 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 I think I need to give you this tip." And his tip, he said, was, um, "You know, when when the baby first comes along, it's quite uh, common." for like you to both think you've got to do everything together yeah. and you know it's sort of we're going to do this it's going, to, it's going to be us three you know every feed everything like that and he said as quick as you can you need to start splitting the tasks mm-hmm. because just that moment when one of you is doing it and the other one is just literally getting 10 minutes of rest will it will be so beneficial to the two of to the three of you and, and he said like, you know at that point the baby will be fine it's got one of you one yeah. of its parents is doing it so don't worry about the fact that you're all three of you aren't together for a period yes. of time and also like this is my top tip is pardon me if you're breastfeeding and you want to be exclusively breastfeeding yeah try expressing quite early on Mm-hmm. And just express a bottle of milk if you can. It's it's stressful sometimes, and my milk supply went down, so I couldn't do it for that long. And it, it, then it took me like months to get enough milk to have. Oh, I have another tip as well. But first tip: <laughs> express the milk and let like so let coal. We well, don't have to. This is what I did. Yeah, express a bottle of milk, and then I would do the night until about six seven a.m. Then I would give her to Johnny, and Johnny would do a feed and sometimes I would get a five hour chunk of sleep. Yeah. And it was a massive, it got us through. Like, yeah. so my baby got really good at sleeping until she was about 14 weeks old and then it all fell apart. 
Mm-hmm. So until she was about 14 weeks old, we were like, this isn't hard. We all sleep together. We all wake up at 10 a.m. and it's great. And then basically then it really changed. And that was when the express bottle of milk took me out. This is my other top tip. And it's equally as decadent as seeing if somebody can do a night view. When my baby got to be about six, seven months old, here's what I used to do. I used to spend a whole week, a whole month storing up enough milk that would last for like 20 hours. 24 hours right and then I would go to a really fucking nice hotel really nice is you know a nice enough hotel and I would leave at like 7 p.m and I wouldn't come back till 1 p.m the next day and I would just fucking lounge around and do nothing and express milk and put it in the hotel fridge so I open back up my supply and I would do that once a month and again if I have a baby again there's no way I'm not doing that you think oh I feel so guilty I'm abandoning my baby you're not abandoning the baby it's one fucking day I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter's too. She doesn't have a fucking clue. She's <laughs> thrilled. You know, you will be loving to your baby and you will be sufficiently there for them. So you can take breaks and that yes. is okay. And so obviously you were leaving here with Johnny when you when you No, did. we just left Johnny around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I left her with Johnny and like Scaffer tape the bottle to her head. But that's a good thing. Yeah, she was fine. She had Chris, she had the bottle. Oh, here's the thing as well. I went on this new mother's retreat thing for yeah. a day, like an afternoon. It was lovely. And it was it was a really lovely thing, but I had a really good After experience. the birth, so once you're you're Yeah, when she was about yeah. three months old, maybe four. Mm-hmm. And the other mothers on it were obviously in more, I would say, traditional setups than me. Their mm-hmm. partners had gone straight back to work at two weeks. Yeah. Their partners were the only earners. They and, and so but I didn't have that experience. My experience was we were trying really hard to split it, but I was in a position where I was able to earn more money. So we were trying to navigate all of that. So it was a really weird experience to be in that room because like when everyone was sharing stuff, I was like, Oh, I feel really alienated by this. This is worse. Yeah. But what I would say is if you are doing stuff together as much as you can and around each other as much as you can, so much easier for both of you. Like I'll never forget this woman in the, in this, in the thing who said, well, my son was 17 weeks old last night. And for the first time, my partner was able to get him to sleep. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? 17 yeah, weeks? Yeah, 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 yeah. I take five sleeps a day. What the fuck? And I was so sort of, I couldn't believe that that's how they've done it. So, like, I think the more you do it as a team, the easier it is for both of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not helpful if the man can't do certain... I mean, obviously, if you're breastfeeding, the man can't breastfeed, but, like, yeah, yeah, or yeah. not necessarily the man, that's very heavy yeah. but you know what I mean? Like, whoever isn't able to breastfeed the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What is that? The podcast I listened to, you listened to him, yeah. gave me... Um, Hannah's dad sent a podcast called the science of dad it's a bbc sounds podcast it's just a one-off episode 30 minutes it was a gp looking into uh the you know what happens to a father when they they are involved with their newborn and the changes like your testosterone drops your oxytocin goes up the more physical contact you have you know you know it's very beneficial to that early bonding stage and i think as well like if you lots of people don't get to do it like men don't get to do it and it's not even their choice not to do it they just can't get the time off because they're firm yes they work for is crap or you know they don't there's no other way that they can make it work in their family and stuff and i think if you do have the option to try it it's such a lovely thing to get to do hmm. um 
I really, it was great. And Johnny would yeah. say the same, like it's definitely changed his life. To yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although now he's a little bit like, I'd rather be working more. And I'm like, that <laughs> That was, uh, again, from your podcast, like that thing about um, maternity leave in America. Oh, my God. And the sort of two weeks oh, yes, or madness. something. And, and it doesn't make any sense. No. And also like the thing for the silver lining with lockdown for me is like, I've had so much time with my daughter and it's been exhausting yeah. and I don't think it's been the best parenting I've ever done, but just being physically around her nearly every single day, nearly the whole day. Yeah. Is, that's a precious thing that in normal circumstances would not be as much the case. Yeah. But I get, yeah, but I guess quite a few people at the moment are experiencing around the world who might not have, might not have had that opportunity yeah. if the yeah, situation I, was normal right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. America not having paid it. But it's the same. They have so many things where they look at countries that in so many other ways are comparable with them, but they have this brutal system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, what this week as well, we've started – well, um, I tried to do perennial massage and I didn't, <laughs> couldn't do it. Did you try to do it? it? And I okay. think something, I am the luckiest person alive. Just get in a pool, stay in yeah. a pool for a really long time, and it just calms your body down. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta put the lights on. It's getting you into the dark, warm <laughs> place of your airing cupboard. Now, I feel like, I mean, do you know what? Maybe it works for me personally. Just get in the bath. It'll yeah. be fine. I just like, because. Yeah, I just I couldn't physically I could not physically work it out. I'm going to try and watch a video, but it was this thing Oxygen about oil feels really disruptive for what is a sensitive ecosystem. You know? Yeah, yeah. But I think I mean the oil would just make it easier, but just trying to get my thumbs like on yeah. my stomach, and I just could not work out the the, the physics. I couldn't work it out. So I'm still going to try. Um, there was an online baby show on the weekend that. Um, would be, would have been a normal baby show, but they did it on Facebook instead. Um, so I kind of it was it was really good. I checked in on that, and there was a whole lot of different speakers. And one of them, this woman, midwife Marley, she said she had a video of perennial massage somewhere. <laughs> so I have to I have to try and find it, but I haven't yet. But also, that's a hard thing to do online because that is too much of a specialist thing for people yeah. with wrong intentions. Yeah, yes. but there's there's a video somewhere. Yeah, there's a video. I haven't been able to find it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I am, yeah. Oh, God. It's funny that takes. Oh, here's my tip. There's a book called Your Baby Week by Week. Mm-hmm. Um, and please get it before you have the baby and read up to weeks naught to three, right? Because I got it when the baby was three weeks old. And basically, if I'd have read it before I had the baby, <laughs> 90% of the times when I thought that she was in danger of death, I would have yeah. been rela- relaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's literally like, if they make a terrifying um, wheezing sound, that's very normal. If they make a barking <laughs> sound like a dog, that's very normal. If their arms flail around, that's very normal. Whereas every yeah. time I've been like, oh, God, the baby's yeah, broken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and no, that's good. Also, I think I, I'm really excited for you guys, and I don't want to sound too much like I'm an expert because I'm not, but, like, I think just let let all of it kind of come as it does and try yes. not to worry. That's all I you think that do. is what I think – we're both quite, even though we're doing this podcast and we're reading loads of books about parenting and babies and child you, you, psychology. I did not read 
anything post-birth. Everything was about the birth, and I didn't think, oh, I'll have oh, a daughter. Really? I think my main thing, I've read a lot of child psychology books. That's so but, good. And, but not because I think I'm going to learn how to make them a better person. I just, I, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in psychology as a topic, and it just makes sense that I just maybe would shift my focus onto child psychology because there is there is practical stuff isn't there there is definitely like you know and there's some of it can be can sound quite harrowing um like in terms of like what you're saying about you know having somebody like a family person or somebody who can look after the baby when they're very young overnight and stuff you know uh that the psychology behind that is apparently as long as as long as the person is a suitable caregiver a suitable replacement for one of the parents like in terms of the way they relate to the child yeah. it's actually absolutely fine psychologically it's oh, yeah, when you should it's talk when... to the people and meet them before you do it like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Or... that's what i mean it's like, that thing yeah, of like, yeah. but you know because if you read some of the things it sort of suggests like the mum should be with the baby for the first 16 years of their life uh, every second <laughs> otherwise they're going to be a psychopath you know there's some of them that are really extreme but you know actually on the whole most of them tend to lean towards that primary caregiver's most important be it whoever it is mm-hmm. and then after that as long as it's a suitable loving replacement for temporary times when you're working whatever actually the, the evidence suggests they'll be all right yeah oh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah did you have um do you have any questions do i have any questions i don't i don't know you used to ask i used to ask the same question though which was like about how a partner can be better at supporting the person through pregnancy but now we've sort of got to the end what was um in terms of johnny as a birth partner was there any tips that you'd give to me was he very good at it was he on my back every contraction it was really good okay that's a good tip i mean i think you just have to appreciate that this is a thing that is entirely about the person giving birth and the baby yeah. and you're just there to like be support team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I think an intense thing, but it's helpful. And yeah, I think being really affectionate and loving and just trying to be on hand uh, and knowing your partner as well. Like I have a friend who the her husband knows her really well and knows that she would never want her him saying you're doing great. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So he wouldn't say anything. I totally. I think I know full well Hannah will prefer it. if Hannah will find it so funny if I call her horrendous names while she's giving birth. <laughs> like really horrible joke in a jokey sense. Like yeah, you know, yeah. I think I know full well things that I could say that to the observer would sound horrendous. <laughs> yes, but it's it's about like doing the right thing for your partnership. And yeah. she was saying that when the midwife obviously picked up on the fact that he wasn't saying you've got this and she's the midwife started saying you've got this you can do this and my friend was really like ah, i don't want yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. and say so, like i think you can really like just lean into like looking after your partner but also like after the baby's born just cook yeah cook all the time and bring them stuff and try to be sort of Again, like support team, if if, yeah, if you're yeah, breastfeeding yeah. and it's like you, that's on you nearly the whole time, bring like scrambled eggs, go to the shop, get a juice, you know, like nice, loving gestures yes. like that. And just doing what you can, I think, is all is all you can do, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but I think it'll be fine. Just got to, you know, it's fine. Cause that was the thing. Just the other night we had a little chat and I was like, I think I do need just – I just need a little bit more right now yeah, yeah, than yeah. I usually 
do because I'm not I'm I'm not very demanding absolutely not (laughs) to the point where that's what I think like it's almost been like you know when Hannah first got pregnant I think I was like right I was ready to like I'm gonna need to pull my weight not pull my weight we both pull our weight we don't have that sort of relationship but I thought it was going to be quite you know the the shift of uh almost like support network would i would need to be there to support hannah constantly during her pregnancy but actually because she sailed through it so easily like oh to the point where there's times where you i forget that you're pregnant mm. just because the fact that you've you you know you don't you seem to yeah because progesterone is your secret friend <laughs> yeah yeah so i think that's like sleeping i yeah. sleep fine oh, yeah everything. So, so i think the other night was the first time actually you were like, I think, you know, I, I think it was the first time. I, it, it, I think I'd almost forgotten that Hannah was pregnant. <laughs> I was too busy thinking about when we got a baby to realise it. Actually, you are getting to the point now of a month ago that you might need some extra support. Well, also, yeah, that's the thing. It's such a a different thing, a different time. All um, unprecedented, but all kind of <laughs> yeah. uncharted territory. <laughs> so you might find that you do feel different to how you did feel or, or less. And like, yeah, it is about just like being real with each other, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. Oh, and also like, um, oh, once the baby's here, <laughs> yeah. make sure that they really fucking check for a tongue tie. And if they say it's mild, yeah. you get that shit fixed. Yeah, yeah. Like how mild it is, you get it fixed because it really, really can inhibit breastfeeding and stuff like that. That's what happened to my baby. She got silent reflux and was so oh, stressful. Yeah. And basically the tongue tie is very mild. Get it fixed. There are people right. who snip it. It doesn't hurt the baby. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Get it fixed. Even did, if they say did, it doesn't um, need fixing, it fucking does. Get it fixed. We okay. did NCT and uh, we did NCT via Zoom and there was a day on breastfeeding alone. Yeah. And the woman really stressed that. And it was that was something I'd never even heard of. No, me neither. And also I assume my baby didn't have it because they check you at the hospital. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of the time, for whatever reason, they let it go. They're like, it can't be that bad. It'll be fine. Yeah. And yeah. just get it fixed. Every single one should just be fixed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm right. gonna, I should go, but I hope. No, that's all right. Yeah, yeah we were about, about to. to oh, yeah, sorry. Um, it up, so I'm so excited you. for you both. I think <laughs> you're you. in a really like lovely place. You can have a good time. It's a very yeah. and the first few days are so loving. It's like bliss. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another on, on your podcast. I noticed that you and Jolly would be like, "I love you, I love you." I love <laughs> yeah, we're not girl. like that now. Now we're <laughs> really? like, "Fuck you, get out of my face." <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm going to work. <laughs> yeah. So thanks so much for talking to us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for like letting me into your like pregnancy. It's really. I exciting. saw on your Twitter that you are you're streaming your show, aren't you? I am. I stream it twice a week at the moment on Thursdays and Sundays, British Standard, summertime, 8.30pm on twitch.tv slash Josie underscore long. And um, it's free, but people can obviously tip me for it. But like, I've been enjoying it because... I'm supposed to be touring it, and I miss it. Yeah. And is it is it a recording of it? Are you actually do? No, no, it I do it live. live. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, excellent. Yeah, it's been fun, and also I don't save it online, so it feels quite impermanent in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it's going to be done differently slightly every time, isn't it? You know, yeah. You're doing it actually in the live. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so it's been cool. Yeah. yeah, so please watch it if you like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we can Thanks, have a nice afternoon. All right. Yeah, yeah you, you too. too. Thanks for coming on. Bye. All right, we'll speak to you soon. Great 
Rule of Three, where people who make funny stuff talk about something funny that they love. Because I remember as a kid thinking that's a really good old-fashioned gag, but it's also nasty. The actual VHS, this is clearly sufficiently important to me that this went to house moves as well. There is that, that joy and that slight fear as well about who's going to say what. Everything from airplane to bottom. From when Harry met Sally to the Muppets. Trying is good. Aiming high is good. Being ridiculous and not being afraid of failure is is good. I think that joke is so fucking funny. Again, I just think this is hysterical. It's beautiful stuff. Rule of three from Great Big Owl.